Good morning, everyone, and God bless you. I thank God for you today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Leandria Johnson is asking God to endow her. Lord, I need something. I need something that is more than what I can see and what I can touch. God, I need something from you. I need to know, God, that not only am I yours, that also, God, you are mine. And I'm asking God to endow me. Good morning, saints of God, and God bless you. The scripture reading today is coming from Psalms 34, where David the psalmist says that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. They that looked up to him and were lightened in their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. I've read to you six verses of Psalms 34, and may God have blessing to the reading of his word. May God bless you, and may his word eternally and forever be a comfort to your soul. May it be an encouragement to you in your walk and in your faith walk. I want to make sure that everyone is able to see and hear. I understand that we have had some issues with people receiving the stream. I am so apologetic about that, that you've had such an experience. Some things are going to be the result of uh, what is actually being communicated and transmitted to you, but then also there is going to be the issue of, based on uh, your connectivity, your device, depending on what you're using, your internet speeds and all of that. And I know sometimes that gets a little complicated. Um, of course, we're not streaming at the uh, capacity of YouTube, which is a much more advanced platform. Our platform would be certainly inferior to that, but we do have a very substantial platform. But often it requires you to have a device that is... Um, or internet service that is capable of uh, handling what we're streaming. God bless you. What, what I want to do is to make sure that you have a wonderful experience. And so if you're here and I can see you, uh, it helps. Uh, it's okay for you to communicate with me. Someone say, well, I don't want to be in the middle of service and say that I can't hear you, but that's okay. Uh, it's perfectly okay if you can't hear then you that's what you say you you just I mean you go ahead and say out you know I can't hear you or a little louder please um, second thing that I want to do is it's good to if you're listening it's wonderful that you have um, uh, registered to have the service but it would be even more wonderful if you would log in um, it's not like in the worship service physically here, we can't see you. 
but just to read your name and to know that you're here would be so kind of you. Um, and there is a place when you go to um, nationsharvest.online.church for you to log in. And then in that way I can, I can see your name and I can call your name and it just makes the presence that much more wonderful. So if you want to take time to log in, you can log in. I'm saying good morning to those that I can see right now, which is Debbie and Samuel and LaVita and Fakita and Janet. And of course, I see myself there. So good morning to you all and to others that may be here. As I can see that there are additional guests. Of course, I, I can't see their name and that's perfectly up to you. Be where you are most comfortable. Most of all, I want you to get the word of God. That's what's most important. So be in your in your space of comfort. And that's what's that's what's most important. Amen. And I bless God for that. All right. So let's uh, have a word of prayer. Um, if everyone is is hearing OK now, just um, send out maybe another text in another good morning, everyone. And I'm going to do that as I get ready to give you some word of inspiration this morning. And I'm typing now, good morning, everyone. Um, and you can maybe give that greeting back. Amen. So that I can know that you are, you are hearing us. Going to make one sound adjustment here in the room. And then we're going to have prayer and get to the word of God. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, you are wise and you are holy, and we are grateful this morning for all that you have done to make this moment possible. You work out of the sight of us for the good of us, which simply means, God, that um, we're not always able, nor are we capable of seeing with our sensual receptors, which are our eyes, the many things that you do. So that's, in a way, working out of our sight. But never are you working outside of the realm of our faith. We know that you are God and we know that you go before us. We know that you make a way for us. And God, as we proceed, we know that you grace us through everything that we encounter. And because of that, we say thank you. Thank you for your darling son, Jesus Christ, your son. He is our savior. And God, we thank you for him. We thank you for all of the magnificent things that he did at Calvary, uh, surrendering his life, taking of himself no reputation, but taking on the form of a flesh. And God, in that flesh, he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, so says the scripture in the book of Philippians. He made of no reputation for himself. And God, today we thank you that his care and that his love and his compassion was zeroed in, focused on us. Thank you so much, God, that he set an example for us that we have what is necessary now, given to us by your word, the way in which we should conduct ourselves, not only in our mental capacities, but also in our day-to-day -day life. Thank you for these things so much. Now, God, we ask you in this experience to give someone a rhema word, give someone a right now word, 
give someone a word that console, a word that comfort, a word that encourages, a word that stimulate, a word that inspire, a word that motivate. Give us all of these things in your word. Your word is truth. Your word shall stand. Everything else fades, passes away, but your word stands. Let your vitalizing word, let your life-giving word dwell in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Ah, I see you. It is so good to see you, Regina. I'm glad to know that you are here. This is so wonderful. We're online with television at our home. Thank you so much, Regina. That's good to hear. Thank you for that report and letting me know that you are there. That's, that's important to your man of God, to your pastor, as you call me, all of you that have been here and been under this word. The most important thing to me is that you get that word because that's what my assignment is, is to bring you this word. So whenever you respond to me or say something back to me, in the way that you're living, in the way that you're conducting yourself, the way that you're handling issues and circumstances, not just what you say. The church house is a wonderful place. But remember what I said last week about massaging emotions. If you're crying and you're tearing in the place of worship, those tears could be driven by either something that you are sad about something that is hurting you, or as well, tears which don't show themselves on the outside, but inside those tears could be driven by victories. We cry when we're happy, and we also cry when we're sad. So in the church experience, in the physical church, often the man of God, it, myself, I feel somewhat slightly defeated because there is no feedback from the people of God, whether my tears are tears that, that's causing me sad, which I want to know to minister, or whether they are tears of victory because I want to celebrate with you. I think sometime here, good morning, Janet. Sometime here, I, I now I think in this place, I feel so much, in a way, a very a, a closer contact. I've seen you, and I know that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And I'm looking forward to that day that we are again together. But to those that have always been here with us on this platform, Samuel and Debbie and Fakita and Chris and um, Teresa, Tiny, as you know her in Atlanta, or others that are never here with us on a regular, on, on a, on a regular basis, to them, this is their worship experience. And I feel like now I'm close to everybody in the same capacity. I feel like the Lord is in the midst of us. I'm looking forward to the day that we're back into the place of the assembly. But right now, I want there to be such a uh, maturation or maturing in your spirit that you're saying, God, thank you for this assembly where two or three assemble together in your name, you are in the midst. And I believe that even with this digital method, that, God, you are just as powerful right now in the man of God delivering us this word 
reading scriptures, praying for us, you are just as powerful now as you are in four walls. You're just that powerful. There are some people that will never experience the, the, the traditional assembly. There are some that won't even hear the word the way that you're hearing it. They will have to take the words of the winds of the morning, which simply means that they are only going to hear from what nature ministers to them, the sound of the birds, the rustling of the leaves and the trees. Through this, they will come to know who God is. What about a person who's deaf? Not everyone has the ability to give sign language. What about the person who is blind or the person who is deaf? God's word will go forth to everyone, everywhere, to the ends of the earth. Jesus, based on the scriptures, and this is true, cannot, let me first say he will not, because he cannot come back until the word has been heard to the ends of the earth. Everyone, everyone, and I say everyone, must have been given the opportunity to hear the word of God. I hope you're getting this. Everyone, everywhere, before Jesus can and will return, everyone must have heard the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. To a person who is deaf, how possible is it that he could ever hear the word of God? So hearing takes upon itself a completely whole new method of transmission when it comes to what we understand. So hearing is not just from the sensual ear gate, but hearing is God's divine way of ministering the word to everyone, everywhere, regardless of their condition. I'm just glad that you're here. Good morning, Cassie, my wife, and she's letting me know that William and Lena are on every Sunday. They just don't chat. Good morning, Mom and Dad in Addison, Alabama. Thank you so much, and I'm glad you're here. And I know that you're giving, getting this word because constantly I'm seeing that you're living this word out loud. This is beautiful. This is wonderful. Now that I've given that and we're here and it gives everyone else a chance to kind of see you, at least see your name. You know, it's like my name's on the roll. I laugh at my sister because every Sunday that she come into church, at Nation's Harvest, you walk in and she say present because that's what we did when we were in school. You walk in the classroom and and that's what that that was the that was how you signified that I am here. In other words, I'm glad to be in the service one more time. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Now that brings me into my message right there. She come into the service and she say present. Back in the day, that's how we went. When we were in school, they would call your name. The role was called. Don Hurt. Uh, 
Cassandra Smith, Fakita Maxwell, Regina Tucker, it's Corbett now, I'm calling what they were calling, Janet Hurst, and they call that role. And you say present, it's not much like that anymore. Everything is so traditional and so digitalized now until you don't have to go in the classroom. I guess they've seen your image when you get out of the car or whatever. We all have that past memory of what things were, the way that things were. And when we look back, we can appreciate it. We appreciate it because even though it was hard, you learn to embrace it. It wasn't always easy, but we learned to embrace it. Things seem relatively easier in this day. It's like you really don't have to work hard to do anything anymore. Everything seems to come easy. But there was a day when things seemed to really be difficult. Things seemed to be a little bit harder. And let me address something I see. Notice how Fakita says, good morning, mom and dad. That's just like being in the place together. I, I love that. And it's okay to talk to each other, you know. It's okay to say that, to say something encouraging, even if you don't know them. Um, just let me just take a sidebar here for a minute. I know that Samuel left me a message, voice message, because he always thought with Don, I know you're a busy man, and um, or he'll text me. But he don't ever let it stop him from reaching out to me. And then when I do get a chance to call him back, which may be every two or three months, he'll say, man, I know you're busy. I just want to let you know that I love you and that I'm praying for you and that I'm yet holding on. But in his message that I got a couple of days ago, and I just listened to the message, he said, I hope that your father-in-law is doing well. Because he heard in the message how I would address both of them as being like patriarchs, which are male leaders among the people of God. And I was telling them and admonishing them how they needed to hold on. I know that you're getting, I know that you're getting up in age, but you've got you've to set the example for me because I'm a younger man, you know. And, and yeah, God got me because I'm his man and all of that, but still, i got to watch you. I've got to see how you handle the blessings of being able to be aged but still blessed. Getting a little weak, but you're still blessed. So he said to me, you, you may, how is your father-in-law? And he asked me about him. When I get that kind of communication among the saints, when he says we ought to always pray and never faint, communicate to each other in the word of God. This is what it's talking about, people. It's not a message on Facebook. It's not an inbox. It's, it's, it's communicating to one another and carrying each other in your heart and not worrying why you didn't show up or why you didn't but when you're able to see one another again, you can rejoice over the idea that, thank God, we're still here. 
I just wanted to take that little sidebar for a minute while I go into this word because things are ever changing. But Psalms 37 and verse number 25, one verse today, and then I'm going to speak on one other scripture. I'm not going to put it on the screen. I want you to get it in your Bibles. Psalms 37 and verse number 25. Psalms 37 and verse number 25. Psalms 37 and verse number 25 says this, I was young. And now I am old. Yet. Everybody say yet. <laughs> I was young and now I am old. Yet. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never. That's a strong term. I tell my kids, I teach my family, don't ever say never. Don't ever say never. But David can say never. Because never is emphatically accurate, and it is the fact of the state. Because he has never, ever seen the righteous forsaken. Or their children begging bread. Never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. David is the one who's writing here, the one who is a man after God's own heart. He's the writer. He's the author of this statement. This is his quote. Notice the pronoun that he used, which is the personal singular pronoun, I. And he uses it three times. I want you to get into this single verse. That's all I want you to do today. And the first point of focus in the single verse is the pronoun I. The one that we often disregard these days because it's always about y'all and them and never I. Only are we prone or given to using the term I when it's something personal that addresses our greed about what we have done. But in this case, he uses this pronoun to make a declaration of confidence, a declaration of confidence, I was young. That's a fact. Now, before I move from him saying that he was young, I don't think that he is speaking just exclusively 
time as in chronos, like your watch and your clock. I was young, meaning some defined period in time. I think that the psalmist is far greater and far in-depth and far advanced from that. He could have made this statement in one day. Because what he is actually saying is he's saying that my experience with God from the morning to the afternoon to the evening, from the spring to the summer to the fall, from one year to the next to the next, from one decade to the next decade to the next decade, regardless of the period of time, he is making a declaration of confidence. I was young. There was a period where I was in a space, a defined space. I was young. Or let's just change the word young to I was depressed. Or I was hungry. Or I was hurting. I was in pain. I was lonely. And then shortly after that, he says, and now I'm old. I was depressed, but now I am filled with joy. I was sad, but now I am happy. I was hurting, but now I'm without pain. Regardless to how it's transitioned in the kairos, which simply means the timing of God. Because if David is so shallow to say, I was young and now I'm old, but he is the same one that says, with him, a thousand years is as one day. He doesn't want us to define this as you having to wait to go through something for such a very long time before something changes. I was young and now I'm old. I, this is my personal experience, my statement of confidence, and this is what I have experienced. God is faithful. God is faithful how, David? He's faithful when I'm young. He's faithful when I'm old. God is faithful how, David? God is faithful when I'm a little depressed or when I'm a little low. But God is also faithful when I'm up and I'm shouting and I'm jovial and I'm celebrating. God is faithful when I'm hurting. Are you in pain, David? Yes, I'm in pain. Is God faithful? Yes, he's faithful. Just because I'm going through a little period doesn't mean that God is not faithful. I come to open this word to you, people of God. I come to open this word up to you. It's not just something that you just got to wait until you get old. God's going to have you going through life. And then when you get old and age in your 80s and 90s, you're just going to figure it out. Oh, yeah, God's good. He's been good all the time. In that moment. And whatever you're going through, God is not only good, God is faithful. 
I know I'm telling the truth. In my darkest moments, weeping endures for a night. But even while I'm crying in the night, God is faithful. That's my declaration that God is faithful and that God will not abandon you or he has not abandoned you simply because you have in a moment. I was young and he was faithful. I'm old and nothing has changed. He is still faithful. When you were not even smart enough, intelligent enough to do what was best for your own self, God was faithful. I want to address that. Maybe when David is looking at being younger, he's saying, even when I wasn't mindful to do what I was supposed to do, like the time that I spent with Bathsheba, the time that I had Uriah killed, the time that I implemented my nephew in my own scheme and plot, the time that I did this, God was still faithful. The reason I know he was faithful and that David knows that he was faithful is because this is something else that David penned right in the middle of one of his weakest moments. He said, Lord, take not your spirit away from me, but I just need you to create in me a clean heart. He acknowledged that my, your spirit is still here. Even in my proclivity, my sinful proclivity, God, you're still faithful. God was faithful when you were drunk. God was faithful when you were high out of your mind. God was faithful when you were in a relationship that didn't prove to be healthy. God was, God is faithful, not was. He is faithful in all of these things. He is faithful. And it doesn't make any difference how you slice this, young and old, happy or sad, hurting or not hurting. Regardless, God is faithful. His last declaration is, I've never seen. That's pretty strong. But David says he's never seen. Never. Never or ever, however you want it, but never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen the time when God turned his back. Never seen a God, time when God wasn't there. Never seen a time when he had not answered before I asked. Most of the times I discovered that the things, the greatest things that God gave me in life were things that I didn't even ask for. He just answered by showing up. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And not only that, I've never seen in any generation where the people of God 
had a time where he didn't provide for every generation. This is harvest time for corn back during my younger days. Mom would be getting the corn in now. Fall time, getting that corn in. And that was an itchy situation, people. (laughs) Going down through the stalks, pulling off the ears of corn. And not to mention, even when you have to shuck it, shuck it, pull the exterior off, that little silk inside, that was an itchy situation. It's coming to end of summer. And she was getting in the corn. Whatever the garden yield, she was bringing it in. She was bringing it in because God was going to make sure that no one went hungry, that bread was always available, and that it was coming in great measures. Now we just pick it up out of the grocer. We take it out of the can. We take it out of the frozen food section. But from the days of the garden to the frozen food section, we've never had to beg. God have kept us fed. God will not abandon us because we are the righteous ones. He will not abandon us because he is faithful to us. What I want to ask you today before I leave you, and this is just a short message, is what is your conception of God? What are your concepts of God? Concepts mean what are your beliefs? What are your notions? What are your theories about God? This is David saying, I was young. I am now old, and I have never. What's your concept? Can you make something this strong like I have never? Seen God abandon me, my family, regardless of what I was going through? Can you say that I have had some moments when I wanted to throw the towel in? I have wanted to quit. And then there are times when I didn't want to quit. But whether I wanted to quit or whether I wanted to run on and see what the end was going to be, God was still faithful. What's your belief? What's your theory? What's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your notion about God? That's called concepts. I alluded last week to talking to my son, Vincent, when he had come down and how happy he had made me. Just filled me with joy to see him. And the first thing that I told him as I started preaching, I started giving him wisdom. And I said to him, I said, man, God gets Don up every day now so that he can show me the depth of his existence. God gets me up just to show me something new about him. Having been together this long with God, God is still showing me how much he loves me, how deep he loves me. He says, Don, I know you heard this, and I know you've even preached this because you read this, but let me show you this. Let me show you this. That's what God is saying to each one of us right now, to everyone whose name I'm looking at, whose name I'm not looking at. God says, 
let me show you this. I, 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 know what, I know what you're going through. I know the current circumstances. I understand the climate right now. But just let me show you this about me. Let me show you this about who I am. Let me help to build your beliefs. Let me help to build your notions. Let me let your theory be something that is factual and no longer theorized. Let me show you something. I want to show you that I am God. I want to build a relationship with you. If you didn't hurt, you would not know that I'm a healer. If you were never lonely, you would not know that I am a friend that will stick closer than a brother. If others sometimes didn't reject you or set you aside, then you would have a time juggling between who's really God. But when others have failed you, when others have let you down, I've never left you. And sometimes it's not that people just let us down. It's just that our needs can only be met by the supreme sovereign hand of God. You need that divine intervention. I've wanted to be there for some people, but I was inadequate. This is something that only God can do. Amen. Before I leave you, let me say this to you. Matthew chapter 5. This is the last verse of scripture. Matthew chapter 5. And verse number 45. Matthew 5 and 45. This is interesting. Kind of a twist. But it completes the message. God is faithful. Amen? Yes, he is. God, based on what David has said, has been there, never seen a time that he wasn't there. His son Jesus comes and let us know this. There is no promise that just because we are the righteous ones, and we are, that we are immune from pain and suffering. Okay, I have to close with this. Jesus had to come to let you know, my father is faithful, but that does not cause us to have an immunity or that we're going to not have pain and that we're not going to have suffering, that we're not going to have hardships. This is how Jesus said it. Matthew 5 and 45, I'm going to start reading from verse number 43, okay? Because this is important. Remember, I'm the teacher, and I bring the level of the teaching down to the level of the student. Put it right there. And i got to start at verse number 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what you heard, right? This is Jesus speaking. This is the son of God. You heard that you were supposed to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, 
love your enemies. This is the profoundity of Jesus speaking. And, and I hear this clearly, and I'm just going to try and just pass this on to you without a lot of commentary and, a, and just anything. I'm just going to try and read it. He says, but I'm telling you, love your enemies. Now, you already got it down that you love your neighbor, and that depends on who you call your neighbor. I don't know how you address who a neighbor is, somebody you feel comfortable around, somebody you don't feel threatened around. Someone who doesn't pose a threat to you, I guess that would be a neighbor, right? He says, you got that down, but what I want you to do is love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So I know what you heard, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Verse number 45, so that you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. Because if you do this, then you're going to be just, you're going to be giving back the energy that my father gives you. You're going to be faithful. God doesn't hate people. He blesses them. I want this to get, I want you to get this clear. I'm still talking about David who says, I was once young, I'm now old, never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seen the seed to beg bread. But we think that maybe we are moving into a space where we need to say, okay, well, these people, I'm going to love them, but these people over here, I'm going to hate them. I have a serious and severe problem with some of the conduct in our today's society, especially as it pertains to sexuality. But God grew me up. It has nothing to do with judgment. It has to do simply with loving. That's all. If God can love you through all of your mess and consider yourself a neighbor, he can love those that is coming out of the mess that you were once in. You ever heard that term, I love you enough for the whole world to hate you? <laughs> I like that one. When I tell you that, boy, I'm trying to let you know how deep I love you. I love you enough for the whole world to hate you. Jesus says, I want you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you will know that you are your father's child. It's because no one can take the love of God out of you regardless of what they do. Now, here comes his wisdom, period. I'm still in verse number 45. This is how God does it. When it rains, and it stormed in Decatur, Alabama this morning. I don't know if it stormed where you were. But if you don't get any rain today, you're going to get some one day. Why? Because God's going to send rain everywhere. And he doesn't just send rain to those who say that they're saved, who say that they got faith, that they're his children, that they saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. He sends rain on crack addicts, drug addicts. He sends rain to, to murderers, pedophiles. Everybody gets rain. 
reign is not held back from anyone. He reigns on everyone. He blesses. When the sun came up this morning, it did not stay dark for people who are incarcerated. They're in prison. Supposedly they committed a crime based on the judgment of this system in which we live. But when the sun came up this morning, the same sun. Ooh, I feel like typing. That's why, that's why I feel like my hoop would come on because I'm saying the same sun, the same sun, the same S-U-N. Not a different one. Not like a I'm in prison son or, or I'm a murderer son. The same son that tickled you this morning. Well, it couldn't because it was storming. But it, guess what? Even beyond the clouds, the sun still shines. That same sun comes up. It rains on the just or it rains on the righteous the same way it rains on the unrighteous. God blesses us all. If you love those who love you, if you just, if God just let the sun shine on us and let it rain on us, it says, if you love those who love you, what reward are you going to get? Let me, let me go ahead and give it to you. Good job. That's all you get. That's all you're going to get. Because you're just in love with people, which means, and I told you this sometime, and, and it was argumentative, but I'm going to say it again because I got it. Don't ever think that you don't that you love people unconditionally because there is a condition that is attached somewhere. Somewhere it benefits you. Argue with me, catch me sometime, and let's talk about it. It's impossible for you to do it, regardless of how you try not to do it. Somewhere there is a condition. And when that condition is violated or not met, watch what happens to your love. And now things go downhill because things that you thought that you will never do, you will begin to do. But he's trying to admonish us and encourage us. We need to be like our father. You need to practice doing this. Stop finding things wrong with people. Just know that God loves them. He says, if you love those who you love, what reward will you get? The tax collectors do that. The system does that. You're not impressing God because you love people who love you. God, you know I love everybody. Lie. Let me stop. But it's the truth. I'm learning. He says, don't not pagans do that? People who don't even believe in God, they do that. You haven't, you haven't flexed your muscles. You say you believe in God, good. So does the demons. You know what I mean? Show me. So verse number 48, he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, which simply means that he's faithful. I'm finished today. That's it. Mm. Oh, yes. I'll be glad when that time comes when I can tell the musician to give me an E flat. But if I don't, I'll keep it right here because I love you all. And I want you to go out and I want you to make that declarative statement 
of what you have experienced with God based on the factual data of your experience that regardless of what I've gone through, I've never seen the righteous forsaken and that I've never seen his seed, his seed to beg bread. So anyway, um, that's it for today. You got those two scriptures, Psalms 37 and Matthew 5. I want you to use those, and I want you to go ahead and be blessed this week. I want you to just let God just feel all of the places in your heart. Just let him, let him fill them. Let God be the answer to everything that is in your life. Get a message out of what was preached here today. Get a message out of this. Get something from this. Change your whole conceptualization of God with thinking that he has left you alone because he'll never leave you alone. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed to beg bread. God bless you. I love you, but God loves you more. And you feel all alone. I know better days are coming. It can be rough. God knows I know.
I just want to change it up a little bit. I just want to know, am I talking to somebody in the house tonight? Oh, oh, 10 minutes and 37 seconds is on the clock. Say, neighbor, I don't know what you've been through, but if I can tell you something, I can tell you he never left me. And look at your neighbor and say, whatever you've done in your life. Jesus and and the bottle took control but there was a man there was a name I got down I was laying on my back yes I was in jail yes I was oh they put me in jail for driving drunk yeah Drunk in the morning, drunk in the evening, drunk late at night. Oh, Lord, every time you see me, I was a little weary, wounded and sad. But look at your neighbor and say, I found it in 
switch it, switch it. Listen, don't you worry about it. Because out of all of that, I still got a...